0: Hello, fellow time travelers, this is Sean from the Rusted Robot Podcast and the Soul Forge Podcast. You're listening to the Doctor Who Target Book Club
1: Podcast. Enjoy your travels.
2: A colleague of mine the other day was sitting at his desk, cheerfully whistling, don't worry, be happy, and then suddenly broke into a string of profanity based on something he not scream. It was the funniest thing somehow, it just made my whole day. It's like, I can't sing. Son of a bitch! What the fuck is that? (laughs) Something like that happened
0: when I was in the hospital. We were overhearing one of our fellow patients singing this, you know, R&B song, and he was really sounding wonderful and all, and we were saying, oh, doesn't that sound nice? And then all of a sudden he just went, (laughs) (laughs) He's hospitalized for a reason. You will never know. (laughs) You just gotta get it out. (laughs) Yeah, okay, I think I've got it. Time Travelers, and welcome back to the Doctor Who Target Book Club, the podcast in which we undertake the sometimes infuriating task of discussing in story order all the Doctor Who novelizations. My name is Tony Witt, and today we have an only occasionally infuriating three-person discussion panel, including our so-called expert who's been a Who fan since 1979, <laughs> that would be me. There's also our intermediate level casual fan who's seen several episodes, but has not previously read any of the books until these podcasts, and this time it's none other than the worthy Dalton Hughes. Hello,
2: Dalton.
1: Hello, I'm here, I'm queer, and my voice is two octaves deeper. I know, listen to that. He dude.
2: refuses to sing Old Man listen River. To it. Please, <laughs> in the comments, encourage him yeah. to do so before he gets better and his cold clears up. V- cool.
0: Victoria's screams can kill the weed, but only Dalton's can bring it back to life.
2: Indeed. The-
1: <laughs> And finally,
0: we have our novice fan, one who's seen little to none of the original series and has not previously read any of the books except for the ones we've done. I no, I've read a heads. lot of them. You yeah, have now. <laughs> and this time around, it's the wise and witty Alice and Fitch Hello Alice. The
2: worn and weary this week. The worn
0: and I think that's true of all <laughs> of us. That's all of us. <clears throat> that is indeed all of us. Before we get to talking about the book, we'd like to tell you about two closely related things. One of these is the existence of our Patreon page, which many of you still think is mythical. <laughs> it is at Patreon.com. A unicorn
2: is a mythical beast.
0: Yes. <laughs> Patreon.com forward slash DWTargetBC. Depending on the amount you give per month, you will receive a randomly chosen BBC book, not a Target book. We know. We know you have them. You keep telling us you have them, and that's fine.
2: Tony was once assaulted and badly beaten about the face and shoulders of the Target book, I think.
0: It, well, maybe. So vociferously, was
2: it rejected?
0: I guess so. As a gift for supporting us, just to say thank you for being willing to help us stay on the virtual air. Those parentheticals get longer and longer. We've also decided to sweeten the pot this time. One of our continuing patrons, Bart Lammy. Hello,
2: Bart. Hello. Hi,
0: Bart. Has requested a claw, a claw, has requested a copy of Claws <laughs> on the Macra. That's requested.
2: As his <laughs> the special gift, claw of anyway,
0: Macra. has requested a copy of Claws of the Macra as his special gift for renewing his Patreon subscription for a second year, so now we have two additional copies, and this is what we're doing: any Patreon who joins us at any level by the first day of Chicago Tardis, which starts this year on November twenty third, will be entered into a giveaway for one of the two remaining copies that we have. We do have an extra. That we're not announcing yet, but here's a hint. It's a hardback. In fact, we have a few things for that because what we're going to do is this. We will be having a live podcast and room party on Friday night of Chicago TARDIS at 7 p.m. Location to be determined. It will be in the hotel, but yeah. So those of you who don't get a membership for Friday can still come because we're not checking your badges. We may check your ID, because there may indeed be liquor there. But we're also doing a raffle, and we're going to be raffling off some fun stuff, including some hardback Doctor Who novelizations, some Blue Spine Doctor Who novelizations. These two don't even know. I was going to say, what does that even mean? Virgin Publishing, in the 90s, when they took over the Target imprint, went about reprinting most of the Virgin novelizations, And they did so with much nicer artwork Mm. and with uh, blue spines.
1: Are those out of print? They don't exist anymore. They're
0: ridiculously out of print. So for some reason, they're rarer than the original Target books. Something that a
1: collector would want.
0: Yeah, so these are things you want. I have a copy. I have a copy of Doctor Who. Dash, the Daleks.
2: Are you saying in Blue Spine. don't want just the pleasure of our company on no, this holiday weekend? No, they don't.
0: Mm-hmm. They do not. Have no, you asked guess. all
2: of them, each and every one? I,
0: I have, and they all say, no, we don't want to be with you unless there's a raffle, and unless there's <laughs> alcohol. <laughs> so we well, will have the details of all of this.
2: sophisticated love life you have. I
0: agree. <laughs> we will have the details of all this by the time of our next episode, which is going to, well, no, our next episode is Wheel in Space. Mm. I'm going to post it on the Facebook group, so be looking there. Also be looking at our SoundCloud uh, page. I'll announce it there. I'll tweet about it. I will let you know where the party will be as soon as I know the room number and how many gallons of alcohol we will have. So, yeah, stay tuned for details. As usual, we would like to thank Bart, Rick Taylor, and Toby Bengelsdorf. Thank you, gentlemen. Thanks, guys. And now... (laughs) Bye. Yes. Sadly,
2: they've all left us now.
0: They have. Sorry. And now, let's talk about a book that, for a very brief time, enjoyed the distinction of being the longest Doctor Who novelization, a bumper volume, if you will Fury from the Deep. Without further ado, here are some fast facts. Doctor Who, Fury from the Deep, adapted by Victor Penderton from the scripts of the air from three sixteen sixty eight to four twenty sixty eight, published by Target Books in May nineteen sixty eight. As of this recording in November twenty eighteen, this, this title is currently out of print and is available as an unrich audiobook, book, one hundred eighty nine pages.
1: I like that the last episode aired on four twenty.
0: 420.
1: And, and it's all they weed. talk about is weed. Gas
0: and weed. Woo-hoo. There we go. Gotta kill the weed, man. And on 420 with screams. <laughs> that doesn't work so well.
2: Base of the shaft also appears several more times mm-hmm. than I would have expected. Too
1: many. <laughs> they need to get to the base of the shaft.
0: I I could kill you for that.
2: In a hurry. <laughs> Allison
1: just...
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, thank you for waiting until I was taking a drink before you said that. Thank you. <laughs> Here we go. That's what I'm here for. Fury from the Deep is noteworthy for a couple of reasons, but sadly only a couple. (laughs) Despite being yet another base under siege story, it also happens to be the final story for companion Victoria Waterfield, and we'll have to talk about whether or not y'all were surprised by that. Nope. As well as the first and last script for former story editor Victor Pemberton, it also introduces a sonic screwdriver. Victor Pemberton himself... ...cannot be said to be one of the most influential writers on Doctor Who, (laughs) though the man himself seems to have been quite fascinating. If we'd only gotten to the story a bit earlier, we might have tried to interview him. He only died in August of 2017 Mm. at the age of 85 after Mm. a lengthy career as an Mm. author and producer. During the Parnell era, Pemberton submitted a script idea for a story called The Slide about a form of sentient mud attacking a small English village. After David Whitaker rejected that script, he revised it into a standalone radio serial of the same name, starring Roger Delgado, who would later play the master, opposite John Pertwee, and Maurice Denham, who appeared in Colin Baker's first story, and of all people, Miriam Margulies. It's a really good audio play. It is a fantastic and really frightening radio drama, and you think, a radio drama about sentient mud... That doesn't sound like it would be too appealing. And I mean, the days. blob. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of like the blob, actually. It also featured his same-sex life partner, David Spencer, who played Tomney in The Abominable Snowman.
1: Hmm. Yeah. Okay.
0: After being an assistant script editor on Who and then editing Tomb of the Cybermen, which was written by somebody who did not have a male same-sex partner and seemed to have been completely against it, he originally... Um, Revised this concept of the slide heavily and produced a script called Colony of Devils, which actually gets a name check in the book, and it was supposed to come before Web of Fear.
1: I actually liked that. You I mean, like that?
0: That, that line? Yeah. yeah. But incoming editor Derek Sherwin thought the scripts needed additional work, so it got pushed back. Pemberton was originally unhappy about the changes to the script, probably disliking the new title because the production office worried about offending anybody by using the word devil in the title. But he eventually came around to it. All the bits about Victoria's growing distress and final decision to stay, however, came from Derek Sherwin after Deborah Watling decided this would be her final serial. The character would eventually return for downtime, a fan film, the novelization of which we may actually be discussing at some point because it was published by Virgin, and an audio drama which, sadly, we will not. And before anyone asks, we absolutely will not be discussing her appearance in that load of shit that was the 1993 anniversary special Dimensions in Time Though we will have to talk about her off-screen appearance in The Two Doctors when we finally get there, because they do mention her. Mm. All right, back to Pemberton for a second. Despite his many other achievements, including working on the ITV science fiction series Time Slip, which I have on DVD right over there, and the British version of Fraggle Rock, of all things, Hmm. as well as a long series of nostalgic novels, he would only contribute to Doctor Who once more... By writing the script for the LP audio-only adventure Doctor Who and the Pescatons, featuring fourth Doctor Tom Baker and Elizabeth Slayton in the mid-70s, believe it or not, this LP was novelized by Target, by Pemberton. So we will be reading it in story order once we find out where the damn thing's supposed to fit in. So we're not quite through with him yet, though you may wish we were by the time you
1: get through Pescatons. Doctor Who and the Pescatarians. The
0: Pescatarians, exactly right. And if if you hadn't realized it it is about fish people, it's yes. kinda weird. Yes. Um,
2: cannibalistic fish people <laughs> who made pe- their own. Yes.
0: <coughs> a bumper volume, now a bumper volume. This is the cover, and it tells us how much of a bumper volume it is, even though it's really not much longer than the standard target novelization until you look at the print size. Mm. That print size is tiny. Yeah, So it is essentially twice as long as a standard target novelization. I went back and I found what um, Nigel Robinson had to say about that. And he said that he worked with Pemberton um, quite extensively to try to cut the uh, manuscript down. And in the end, it just wasn't happening. So they decided to release it in a longer length and at the higher price point. Because they get need more money.
2: The New Zealand dollar was really weak when this came oh out. Oh god, was it's, it ever.
1: It's like a, a turn on that that trick of making your papers in a bigger font to get away yes. with lower page count. Exactly. Or higher page count. Yeah, so. they couldn't
0: have gotten away with um, splitting it into two volumes yet. That was no. still to come with John Peel.
1: But even even the 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 pros, the writing style, it's it's a lot. Yeah. It's pretty pretty dense.
0: It is in so. so many ways. <laughs> so, who read the back cover last time? Was that Allison? Yeah, I think it's Dalton's turn this <laughs> time. What am I hearing? Oh, for Christ's sake. The... That was the toilet flushing. <laughs> <laughs> <In the laughs> uh, fury from the deep. There yeah, you
1: fury from you the bet. deep. What you hear it? Anyway. Yes. Uh, in the dark, uncharted depths of the North Sea, it has lurked, growing in strength growing in size, and striking terror into the hearts of mariners down the untold centuries. Landing near a North Sea gas refinery off the east coast of England, the TARDIS crew are immediately accused of sabotage. Several rig crews have mysteriously vanished. Strange pressure buildups have been detected, and in the refinery's pipelines, the doctor can hear the steady, rhythmic beat of... What? (laughs) Not just the doctor. Soon, the doctor, Jamie, and Victoria will find themselves at the unrelenting mercy of the deadliest and most terrifying foe they have ever encountered. Mm. Mm.
0: No, not no, quiet. Not quiet. No, I, no, especially since it doesn't end up killing anybody this is another uh, the other thing that's unique about this story is the fact that it's the one one of two Doctor Who stories where no one dies
1: huh I mean it's creepy it's very it's creepy creepy, but most terrifying foe they've ever no. no no no
0: no it's just the one that made Victoria scream the most
1: Definitely not the deadliest. No,
0: because that would mean people were dying. Yeah. And nobody seems to have died when yeah. we get to the end of it. Yeah, I had to be reminded of that, in fact, especially when I was uh, reading, watching the uh, Telesnap reconstruction and realizing, oh, yeah, they're they're all fine. Everybody's fine. Nobody dies. They're just taken over by weed for a little while. Mm-hmm. And as any stoner knows, that goes away in time. Yeah, the paranoia finally, you know, lifts Decides and you're fine. And, yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, seriously, man. So, <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, that, was a st- <laughs> that was a snort. I'm sorry. I'm actually kind of stopped up at the moment, so that wasn't <laughs> was me. kind the,
2: of delightful.
0: Being pig-like, it was, <laughs> you know, of <it's> thing.
2: <laughs> so, where do we
0: start? I think, well, actually, no, I'm just going to ask y'all, where do we start?
1: Um What? Hmm. <laughs> I thought the
2: first chapter was absolutely delightful. Okay. I actually... It was my favorite first chapter, I think, that we've read, maybe. Really? Other than maybe... Uh, well, there are a couple of others. Where it's mm-hmm. One was... I think one with Homer, where the Doctor is chatting oh. with Homer. Yes. And then, um, you know, he's contemplating his mortality in Galaxy 4, which apparently I talk about. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. But it it was... Uh, if I was disappointed in any part of the book later it was because I thought that the first chapter was everything I'm looking for in this kind of a novelization mm-hmm. in terms of atmospherics. Yes.
1: Yeah. There were there were some really good descriptions of things going on. Um, whenever name is leaving me. Da-da-da. The wife. What was her name? Oh, Maggie. Yeah. When Maggie gets taken away to oh, the ocean, seeing yeah. her, oh, that oh, yeah. just yeah. in my head is gorgeous yeah. and just what and it is
2: very eerie mm-hmm. and haunting the the because
0: scene you see the snaps of it it's done on film oh mm-hmm. and it's just gorgeous that
1: is amazing yeah the beginning of the book kind of the description of the the crew coming up onto the shore beautiful oh, and interesting um the helicopters flying out to the other rigs <laughs> and kind is... of what they're seeing that's yeah. in and of itself kind of yeah good but then there are lots of things it's like come on yeah so. yeah you have to
0: you have to give them props though description wise in terms of sheer adjectives yeah and making those adjectives work and some strong meaty prose it but, works
2: i mean i guess somewhat pretentious but not overly not overly so.
0: yeah i mean it, it could have been worse we could have gotten say God, who do we think of as pretentious in their writing? Lucarati. <laughs> we could be Lucarati or could be, um, for that matter, Donald Cotton, if you're if you're not enjoying if you what like you're writing. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's like, really?
2: It is much more self-aware humor also. You know, you
0: know, there is that. Yeah, it's interesting that you get this very kind of, he even uses the word majestic, and you could describe some of his prose that way. Mm-hmm. It's a remarkable first paragraph, for that matter.
2: There are some clunkers, like in the first chapter. I think there's a sentence, like a hilarious fight and a uh, hilarious fight ensued with the sea foam. Like there yes. is, but but that stands out because so much of it is so hauntingly and spookily described in a way that
1: mm-hmm.
2: is horror in a good sense. I That's thought. true. You you know, I I love a well-executed, what's going on here Mm -hmm. uh, premise in some of these stories. Yeah.
0: Well, especially having the doctor's doctor sense tingling, that as soon as he lands, it's suddenly he's really quite scared of the sea and that's the first time we've heard it and yes. the foam battle just kind of interrupts him for a moment well, but then it's right back to
2: there's it. actually an active characterization with Jamie it indicates that he's yes. empathetic and, obs- and observes other people's behavior and he sees that the doctor is scared yeah. and that's we're used to him being portrayed as more of a buffoon exactly. who mm-hmm. apparently exactly. has a clever idea but in a rather simian kind of way
0: Hmm. And I think it's marvelous that the doctor has a stethoscope because the Jodie Whittaker doctor has a stethoscope, Mm. (laughs) which is just lovely because she's finally owning up to the fact that, yes, she has a medical degree in there somewhere. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) It's actually in there, and so does the second doctor. But, yeah, it's weird because you have this nice sense of menace, but then you have the description of the sound being deadly, and then it goes back to being really good when you have all three of them shot, which is just one of the most shocking... Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah.
2: I, I mean, obviously, they're not all going to be dead in the first chapter, but mm-hmm. it it was a very good job of putting us in the position of the characters and the suddenness of it and oh, the yeah. devastation and the details of the snow falling and how cold it is and the foam. Oh, it's... no.
1: <laughs> yeah. I didn't, I didn't know where they were going to go with that. I... Again, I have an overactive imagination, so I'm thinking they're dead, but it's a dream, or it's a simulation, or it's some XYZ <laughs> other thing. But no, it's just well, they were tranked. Yeah. It,
2: it works, I think, for framing Victoria's exit later when she says to Jamie later on, like, it's the same thing over and over. We go someplace, we're chased around, it's terrible. Um, <laughs> yes. But she just saw them die yeah. from her perspective at the very beginning and it makes yeah. a lot more sense oh rather than God, I'm going to go yeah. and marry a former pm in a dystopian future or something like that but she's mm-hmm. just thinking i cannot take this again yeah like, i can't watch people die around me just to find out oh well, it was just april fool um, that <laughs> exactly it, it, it works
0: yeah and and pemberton's not laying you off the hook with that either because he says something like it was the last word jamie spoke and you're like holy yeah. shit uh, of course we know it isn't it's the last word he spoke in that chapter
2: but effect. Yeah. but the, the suddenness is effective yes agreed we we expect the doctor's you know premonitions of things are spooky or not right to pay off a lot later yeah not precisely. for him to be shot immediately
0: no no and that's something that the new series i notice is doing a lot of that already the um the new doctor's companions her friends rather they're not called companions anymore whatever we're calling them these days but they've already been killed twice They've already died twice and had to be revived. And it's like, whoops, okay. First she beams them into space, not knowing that they're beaming into space and they have to be revived from... Almost die in the vacuum, and then they almost get blown up by a sonic mine, and it's like, whoops, okay. I guess the best of Yeah, I guess so, but it's a <laughs> damn good thing that there are doctors around to rescue them every once in a while, and that there's Chris Chibnall to write that sort of thing. Here, it doesn't feel like a cop out in the same way, though. There, it kind of feels a little bit like a cop out, but here, it's like, oh. This could be at the end of the show.
2: It could be, uh, it could be, Jamie is really dead. They could yeah. just kill off a companion like that. That's they
0: could. Cool. And I'm glad they didn't, because that, that would have been awful, to be honest.
1: As I'm going back and looking at this, though, after they're shot and mm-hmm. tranquilized, they're talking about the foam being there and seeing the seaweed come out of the foam. Once they're tranquilized, the seaweed recedes oh. and goes away. Ah. And I'm like, just now wondering, why?
0: It's gone into the pipe. It doesn't have anybody to take over on the beach at the moment.
1: But just because think, they're knocked out,
0: can't, I mean... Well, I think that maybe it's because the other humans are there too? Because they've been, sh- they're the ones that shot them with the tank. Maybe. Track, maybe. I don't even know why the weed goes as far as hiding what it's doing, to be honest, because it's not very good at hiding what it's doing. No. I mean, if you have, if you call out to a base and they say,
1: Why are you whispering? (laughs) We're
0: five. You don't have to worry. Why are you (laughs) talking so low? Because. Why haven't
1: you been answering before now? Talk to the (laughs) old laryngitis.
0: Don't don't talk so loud. Oh my God. What? what, Were you drinking out there last night? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, okay. Well, I answer your calls from now on. Okay, bye. It's that sort of thing. Like Mm, That's not very well hidden. No.
1: (laughs) But. hmm.
0: It It is really strange. Hmm. Oh God. Hmm. hmm. So about the weed.
1: About the weed.
0: <laughs> we need to talk about the weed. Since we're probably, as of last <clears throat> night, one step closer to have, having legalized weed in Illinois.
2: Not this one, I hope. Well, not mm, the one that comes through the pipe no, and tries no, to kill you. No, yes, not true. this. Well, weed. As
0: long as it doesn't. Well, it's, I'd rather it doesn't not kill even decriminalize it for well, that matter. <laughs> but it doesn't. Let's kill criminalize
2: it. the one that the, the plumbing weed. Yeah. The gas floating weed.
0: As far as monsters go, since this is still the monster season,
1: got
2: uh, help
0: us all.
1: I don't... I wouldn't consider this a monster. Okay.
2: You I, don't believe in monsters, then. How is this not a monster? It's a sentient plant that tries to kill.
0: But it's that's just it, though. It's a sentient plant. It's not a monster. It's not a... As far as we know, we're like not given any sort of the explanation. Also, there
2: doesn't exist because <laughs> all the things that we call vegetables are either engorged ovaries, which are fruits, or their leaves, or their stalks, or their roots. And there's no such oh. thing as a vegetable. Also, it's so also... yes, maybe it's not technically a monster, but maybe by your definition, there's no such thing as a monster book.
1: But I also don't think of it as a monster because it's there's. I mean, it's probably millions it's not of a
2: monster it's a fruit Newton. it's i mean
1: we, they, they talk about they talk about little bits and pieces of the seaweed being in different places too so it's like it's multiple monsters it's a horde it's but that's, it's a gestalt intelligence
2: but that's what's what's freaky about it is, does it have motives does it have desire? Does, yes. is it just feeding but their uncertainty about it not being sure what to make of it i think makes it a monster
0: yeah, I guess so. Because they are treating it differently than the great intelligence. And it's essentially just an earthbound version of the great intelligence.
2: And it's not mm. um, manufactured or mechanically based. Right. Although I think mm. AI can still be a monster. It's but.
0: basically just, um, what is the Japanese word for seaweed anyway?
2: There are different kinds. And... Well, the, the kind you can
0: eat. Only culinary the, You know, you use in sushi. Wakami? I think so, Danny. What's the Japanese word for su- um, s- sushi-grade seaweed? Su- no, oh, that's that's, no, me. that's the actual fish.
2: Where else, folks? Can you hear this quality of programming of yelling yeah, at your see, roommate in the next room?
0: Sushi-grade seaweed, yes, the sheets that we buy. call Nori, thank you, Nori. It's basically sunshine nori.
2: Okay. <laughs> Delicious. Yeah.
0: Yes. But...
2: It's crisp uh, it and salted into snacks.
0: Yeah, exactly. But you see, the problem that I have with it is not even necessarily that it is it a monster or is it not. It's like, the fuck? What happened? <laughs> what? Why is it that the seaweed on planet Earth is suddenly sentient? It
2: returned to the sea. You don't come? need to right. know. Where did it come from? It is an occult mystery.
0: It is. Well, it is a mystery because... Um, um, the doctor says something about oh I was afraid it was that and he says something about there being some sort of legend and it's referenced on the back of the mm-hmm. book mm-hmm. even Yeah, that they... for sail- sailors for centuries onward have been yeah. fearing this thing it's like when?
2: since when? Yeah. well they have the book on the TARDIS it has the illustration of it so they have some kind of yeah. lore about it
0: I guess but
2: yeah
1: but is that based in any actual lore? Is that's that something was that's drawing from real goes off culture?
2: Comic book
0: guy on me tonight. I mean, yeah, is it like, you know, Is this ge- lore documented? I mean, yeah, exactly. That's what I was wondering myself. Because do the Japanese have a legend of, you know, terrifying seaweeds? and let
2: it wash over you. Don't think so hard. I
0: mean, they think about Just terrifying moths.
2: Go back, walk into the sea, it'll all be all right.
0: <laughs> you would say that.
2: They have a legend about Lamas? what?
0: Legend about Lamas. What did you just say? No, 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 about terrorizing, terrifying seaweed.
2: Oh, I don't know. It was so much better than the crab orgy that... Um... There's that. <laughs> Although there is a scene that's very similar. I guess the other... Uh, yes. the previous book there was not a crab orgy. It was like a group malting session with troubling erotic undertones and overtones and midtones. Um,
0: See the 2018 Halloween special, dear <laughs> yeah. listeners. Yes.
2: And we have a very similar scene here with the seaweed, which was a bit over the top that people described as the most horrible thing they've ever seen. Yes. Like, well, it's just some plants kind of slithering around in a snake-like fashion, yeah. hissing. It is troubling, but it... <laughs> I have seen worse, I guess. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, At least
0: they don't have gas. Oh, wait, they do. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was everywhere. interesting
2: how directly lifted the Macra adventure was oh, from no, this story. It really is. And how, well, how much more fun this one was.
0: You thought this one was more fun? Yeah,
2: yeah. Well, okay. It was way too long, but it could, have, <laughs> it could have been unbearable. So, yes, it was stretched, but...
0: I was expecting you to hate this one.
2: Um Well, there's a lot of passage running, but I thought that the juxtaposition between the mechanical facility and just running around passages and the Dutch engineer trying to figure things out with this kind of... The Dutchman. This weird... The like, Dutchman. was also an engineer. <laughs> the Dutchman.
0: <laughs> the Dutchman. All right. At
2: least Dutchman. it was <laughs> a flying one. He was... <laughs> Repelling at one point. He was repelling, but it was a <laughs> the, flying. The suspended Dutchman. At one point, we yeah. thought he was
0: the drowning Dutchman. But... Well, but
2: that c- contrasted with the uh, you know the weird, freaky Chris Claremont mind control stuff. <laughs> you know, it was a nice. It was how he, he was Chris Claremont. Was absolutely obsessed with mind control he is. stories. What well, was, and I presume somewhere still is at this very moment. Oh god, yeah um just can't find anyone to purchase his mind control stories um at this furious a rate as they used to <laughs> anyway i'm saying i think it's it, it can be a nice contrast to do a, a story contrasting you know, the, the mechanical and the natural in that yeah. way Yeah,
0: and if we look at it that way if we look at it as nature somehow rising up against technology mm-hmm. intruding that's interesting except then we get the whole oh technology succeeds. Oops. Yeah, but we also <laughs> have
1: we have no motive for it though. It's, no, it,
2: it, it wants to live and get around and. It but doesn't. it's
1: like it kidnaps Victoria for what reason? It well to get
0: the doctor involved again. But that it's you know that's to spread out all over the earth. It really is the great intelligence all over again, except more weedy and wet. And foamy! Oh my god! But the existing footage from this story is just hilarious. It's like a bubble bath gone out of control. Very
2: <laughs> cheap special effects. Yeah. I, I I liked that Victoria is tired of running around bases. <laughs> yes, tired of tunnels. Tired of how many sea tunnels has she done? How many factory tunnels? How many base tunnels, etc. hmm She's had enough tunnels. Yeah. So she's decided to retire to the tunnels, I guess, of this oil refinery. <laughs> Is she going to live with them in the refinery?
0: Oh, well, yeah, that's kind of the thing, because I guess she's going to be staying there for a while. And it's like, wait, they're a youngish married couple. What if they want to, you know, have some alone time? What are they going to do? Because Victoria is a Victorian girl. She's going to be a little freaked out by this.
2: Yeah. I think sex had been invented in the 19th century already. And it had, people were... but... She had, a very,
0: she had a very Victorian <laughs> attitude towards it. I mean, as we saw.
2: We're told there's a separate bedroom at least available for passing out and whatnot. Yeah,
0: and whatnot. Well, that's well, what worries me. It was, a more age, <laughs> it was an
2: age-appropriate retirement. <laughs>
0: yes. I, yeah, not that I want to think of some sort of alternative... Um, history for the Harrises, but what if they're at that point in their marriage where they're just kind of like you know we still like each other but we want to open it up a little bit. I mean it is 1960. Well it's not 1960. This supposedly takes place a little a few years in the future later. That. So it's the 70s. So it's the swinging 70s and they're out there on the North Sea and the only people not they had to play on. with are Robson and oh. the Dutchman. And the Dutchman's into all sorts of weird shit. So they decided instead, well, this he young lady be, coming be in. Be yes, much. he would. Yes, so. I mean, not of videos or anything, but yeah. <laughs> so they give Victoria says, God, God. Yeah. I am sorry, ghost of Deborah Watling. I apologize. I'm not <laughs> just searching your character. I'm just searching theirs.
2: What would have made more sense would be for Victoria to leave, to go to school. Yes. To go study to to pick a science and go with
0: it yes and we find out later when the sixth doctor encounters her that she's become a protester that she's gotten a very she's (laughs) become very (laughs) politically active um which is much better than what she becomes in downtime because oh jesus god downtime Oh God, downtime! Oh, Lord, God, not Jesus.
2: familiar with this story, so I don't understand your suffering. Uh
0: my suffering comes from the fact that downtime takes place during the Doctorless '90s, and is a fan production, and it brings back the Yeti.
2: Mm. Actually,
0: it doesn't even bring back the Yet. No, no, does it bring back? The? Uh, yeah, yet. it does. It brings back the Yeti.
2: Said far too much Yeti. It
0: brings back Professor Travers.
2: Tastes like possum.
0: Which, yeah which is sad given that at that point poor Jack Watling is blind and they have, they trot him out to play that part mm. one more time beside his daughter who by that point is pushing 60. And it's just, oh. And it's got Sarah Jane Smith in it, but she might as well not be Sarah Jane Smith because it's not very good. And mm. the only good thing about it is that it introduces the brigadier's daughter and it puts her in the cannon. Mm. And now she's the head of unit.
2: But Sorry, do we have a moment to process? The, the canon, like, in the, the recognized body <laughs> of literature, not she's loaded into a canon... <laughs> The circus performer style and, and she's the head of a unit. The villain. Yeah. So like, well, you did say that it was a very bad movie. There she goes.
0: God honestly, the way that story is put together, I would not. I would okay. not be surprised.
2: It seems like it would be out of place from what you described.
0: It would not be. I would not be surprised if it went down that route because it has has to do with video games as well and the cult rising up around everything.
2: It and so. All the. I'm sorry. All of the speculative fiction about video games from that era. That I'm familiar with is bad.
1: Oh, just you wait. Sorry, I was. Uh, You're so full I, of threats. I just, <laughs> I just, I, I want to know where this idea of this sea monster came from. And I, I came across an article. I guess there's a in Scotland. There's something called a kelpie. Oh, but it's not a seaweed monster. It's uh-huh. in. It, it actually is. Multiple other areas have similar folklore about these creatures but oh. in the folklore it's a horse. It's like horse shaped, but also oh. shape shifting. So I don't know if someone like took that word Kelpie and then ran with it and yeah. made a seaweed monster. I think it
0: was just Victor Pemberton saying, you know, I had sentient mud before, why not sentient seaweed? And we'll just make it up some sort of legend. Yeah. And we'll just make up some shit out of folklore. Yeah. And but... no one's gonna care, it's Doctor Who. Not knowing <laughs> that we'd have <laughs> The 55 50. years on, we'd have people that care a lot about yeah. such yes, things, but and discuss and we it fact to death. Check it on the internet. Exactly, we <laughs> uh, discuss it to death. Yes,
1: yes, so that's why I was quiet there for a minute. I was uh, I don't doing mind. doing some some reading. That's so, fine. It allowed us uh, to do our
0: debt. <laughs> so Yeah. What else?
1: Um, we're just talking about the surprise of Victoria leaving. Yes, please.
0: um you said you were not
2: surprised. No,
1: like, from the minute they they said, like, Victoria was feeling a certain way about it, I was like, oh, she's gone. Mm-hmm. Not even knowing yeah. this was her last story, I'm like, somehow, something yeah. is going to happen and she will not be yep. here after this. Oh,
0: okay. It, I That's don't enough know. of a clue for you.
1: It's enough of a clue, but it's also, this is how many companions that, that we've been through at this point. Oh, God. It's a...
0: Let me think about that.
1: Do you want an actual count? No, I don't need an actual number, but it, you know, because it could be fun.
0: Well, <laughs> it, yeah,
1: but it's. I'm just saying that. It, you know, we've been through Barbara and Ian and Susan. Susan.
0: Um, the other one. Colin <laughs> Colin. <laughs> Sarah Kingdom. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, what's I, her name? Isn't
2: there one with the Caller? Who? What's the caller? Uh, who they found on the spaceship? On the planet. Is oh, that really that's specific? Vicky. Yeah. yeah I already, you didn't mention Vicky. Yeah, I already have her in there.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, my I have not retained Vicky's fine. name. And that's fine. Has. I should know themselves in front the 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 of my head. It's I really not. should. And now I've lost count. Um, Sarah Kingdom was the last one I said. Um. Oh, Ben, Polly. Yeah. So that's 10. Then Ben would be... I'm sorry, Jamie would be 11. And... Yeah. yeah, Victoria's
2: 12th. Oh, so having, the one who died, the Iliad one. I got that oh, one okay. too. Yeah. yeah.
1: So, so, having, right so having seen multiple companions leave at this point, it, yeah, it made sense. It was just like, okay, yeah. Making this, the noises. This, yeah, and I don't know if maybe that's because reading it on a page as opposed to seeing it on a screen keyed me to that, mm-hmm. or if the fact that she has never once made any any point to be like, I'm over this and then yeah. all of a sudden she's like, I'm over this yeah. Yeah. and it keeps saying that. Yeah. She yeah. keeps coming back to the this fact. But
2: they did give us that there is a specific event that makes it not just out of the blue in a way that I thought worked. Yeah, Mm -hmm.
1: but it was definitely like, oh, first chapter, we have this thing, second chapter, she's like, I don't want to be here anymore. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Well, I
0: was wondering about that because does does it sound, does it feel organic? Does it feel like this has been building for a while? Because I would say... She's given so little to do in web of fear, yeah, that's kind of like, yeah, she was doing okay there for a little while, and she yeah. actually gets a little bit of a scientific thing to do in this one. yeah, but otherwise she's there to scream. This and she realizes it.
2: She supposedly has with Jamie where they are siblings, they know which other. everyone's thinking, certainly yeah. came out of nowhere. Yes. Well, I'm yeah. out of nowhere well, I'm yeah, no, the not yeah, chemistry. But before, I've got the idea of eh, you know, sort of some kind of camaraderie, tolerate each other a bit. But <laughs> the, the closeness that's suggested here hasn't really was developed. Previously. escalated
1: from where I would have even put it. Yeah, really? uh, I don't know. It, hmm. it, it, they they seemed, it seemed kind close, of but, but it did not seem that close. And then all hmm. of a sudden in this book, it's like. They're like
2: siblings. Like, really?
0: Are they? I'm wondering if Pemberton is reading something into it, knowing behind the scenes the way he does, because he knows the actors, and Mm -hmm. the actors really did have a rapport. Mm -hmm. um, But Deborah Watling basically said the only reason... Well, she didn't say that. Um, But she did come to the point where she was like, yeah, I'm doing nothing but screaming, and one year Mm -hmm. is more than enough. Yeah, And it was one year. But she doesn't even finish out the season we've got one more story
1: yeah but then also the her relationship with the doctor too like there's that really touching moment of him you know saying if i could take you anywhere that wasn't at war yes which is that not
0: on screen which and is, i thought that was brilliant it was amazing lovely
1: amazing yeah. and so heartfelt but it's also like when all of a sudden did he start like having this relationship with her too well, he kind of
0: was i mean ish but it still felt two, escalated It still felt Cybermen, like. Though. Remember, he checks in with her and says, are you happy with us? Yeah. And she says, I am, but every time I think about my father, I I won't, I just don't think I'll ever be able to forget that. And he says, yes, you will. <laughs> You'll forget your family. You'll forget them perfectly fine because there's so much else to
1: do. But how soon after joining was that? That was her next story. Exactly. But so that was, was literally... come
2: full circle. Now she's done it. Yeah. Now she's seen it. Now she's done yeah. it. It's so... going to be more of this... Yeah. so it's like he hasn't
1: checked in with her in a, in a good bit, and all of a sudden now he's like, hmm. I love you, and I would help. it's like, yeah. what? Yeah, And
0: I think that's the nature <laughs> of Doctor Who at this point. Yeah. That the only time you check in with companions in the way that we think of it is in their first story or in their last one. Right. Maybe in the middle where you're trying to gin have, up some idea some that growth. maybe they're gonna leave. Yeah. yeah. Except, um, yeah, that will change by the late 80s. And then with New Who... Well, with new, who, they don't want to leave. They're just kind of forced in the circumstances where they do. Who. Yeah.
2: <laughs> there's this kind of interesting, weird beat towards the beginning wherein the Doctor is going to go off and investigate the sound, and he tells Jamie, come along, and then tell Victoria is like, oh, there's no place for a young lady. And she sort of acquiesces and is charmed yes. by him. Yes. But it's bookended by two instances of her, you know, jimmying a lock with a hairpin. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I'm it, I'm a little confused about whether or not it, it seems like the, the writer is setting up that that this is garbage that the Doctor is saying, that obviously she's very capable and proves it right before and right after, but then the fact that she acquiesces and thinks this is a perfectly reasonable thing to say... When
0: she hasn't before. Yeah, kind of threw Mm -hmm. me
2: off about what what point the author was making there. Because that actually would have worked very well as... An additional reason that she's had enough of this. Yeah. If after all of the things that I've done, you think that I can't go play a game of find yes. the sound after <laughs> I've just proven how capable I am? Yeah. Yeah. And we're gonna maybe, get... maybe I'm done with this, but she seems okay with it, and that was kind of a, a weird mixed message, I thought.
0: Yeah, I agree, and I think part of it is that Victor P- Victor Pemberton. Oh, I can't believe I'm going to besmirch a fellow game man like this, but. He's got that kind of casual sexism that we know in our community.
1: What are you talking about? You know exactly what I'm talking about. I know about. exactly what you're talking uh-huh. about. Because I'm self-aware of us. Yes.
0: And and the things that we do. And the things that come out of our bodies. Yeah. That's uh, a
2: weird term, It really right? did. I was,
0: I, 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 the Archer reference came from out of nowhere. I have no idea why. But... Yeah, that he'll say that about Victoria and then have her do something super capable. Mm -hmm. And then, and this is something that one of the reviewers noticed. When we get this later character, when we get uh, Megan, Megan Mm -hmm. Jones, she's suddenly really attractive when she's vulnerable. That's like, Mm. seriously? Yeah. I was wondering how you were going to react to that. Yeah,
2: well, it's...
0: Because even I was like...
2: All of the... Powerful female authority figures in the stories that we've read so far turn out like that. Yeah, and in my mind, they're always Michelle Forbes, and she's always blasphemed and misused in the role. <laughs> <laughs> my brain always casts Michelle Forbes. <laughs> like, you're not going to have inch and and Admiral Kane doing oh, the, delivering wow. these lines. <laughs> Actually, well, the,
0: the woman that plays her is a very strong character. I,
2: I assumed yes. Actually, she was in Game of
0: Thrones. In fact, I, who is it? Ah oh, shit. Um her name, god, oh you would ask me that. Let me look it up real quick. Um,
2: (laughs) I said in my brain I always cast Michelle Forbes, whom I love, so I I actually assumed it was a terrific performer. It
0: really is. It really is. And it turns out that she actually is a Welsh actress who's suppressing her Welsh accent for the part.
2: Although it's not as if the the stern, stereotypical, military-esque male authority figure here comes off much better. No, that's
0: true. Robson, yeah, Robson's a bit of a mess. Fury from the deep. Okay, I'm looking it up right now. I'm sorry, I've been wanting to do that all night. <laughs> as, as I'm looking it up you on Iron control Dream. yourself. I really couldn't. but Could not abstain. Margaret John. Margaret John from Swansea, Wales, was in um, Game of Thrones as Old Man. In fact, she was... Um, among the, um, household staff of, uh, in the first season for the, um, uh, God, what is the name of
2: the, the Sharks? Mm, I forget. I yeah, remember. she was the
0: one that was caring for Bran mm. when he, uh, broke his legs. Yeah, I know, spoiler alert, he breaks his legs in the first episode. You just gave away <gasps> the
2: entire, the entire story.
0: Yeah, I don't care. It's okay. But, um, she did that the year she died. She was 84 when she did that part yeah she's really really strong character a- actress and to hear him say oh she was much more attractive when she was vulnerable it's like that sounds like the sort of fucked up shit a gay man would say yeah it's and like, i should know
1: it's like you're one step away from a rape joke please. yes
0: yes and i i i'll be the first to call us out on that sort of thing that we get away with it in ways that our straight counterparts don't that doesn't happen I in I know, those great guys seem to get away with that. Yeah, but, but that doesn't happen in Doctor Who, thank goodness.
2: It's actually one of the few things that stopped me from saying this is my one of my favorite ones that we've read so far. Seriously? Yeah. Okay. Which I, 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 of all the base under siege ones that I've read, this one sort of, I thought, came together the best in terms of the... Stories that they're cutting back and forth in okay. between. Right. It came together more naturally and less laboriously than the really? others. I don't think there's any specific element other than maybe the descriptions of the weather and the sound effects give it just the right kind of atmospheric, hmm. so it's not quite as sterile as it has been okay. in other situations. That's I mean, we've certainly had snow before, we've had creatures before, we but have. it sort of finally worked, even though there was still a lot of running down passageways. True. Maybe that's because the monster, sorry, it's the M word, the the, the weed, (laughs) the weed creature. um, Maybe it is because the weed creature doesn't entirely make sense. But there's not that great of an effort to explain it or make it make sense that it does work. It it is kind of unsettled and incongruous with the situation.
0: We could say that. I I personally found myself getting really annoyed with the repetitive nature of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah. oh, we've got a failure in the pipe again. Yes. Oh, well, there's something in the pipe. No, there isn't. You need to turn it off. No, we don't. <laughs> and it's <laughs> yeah. like that, that that exact conversation it comes up on three times. It was a little too like lifelike times. in
2: that way of trying to fix yes. the plumbing issue. Have you yes. <laughs> well, tried the stack? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you try the
0: rotor rooter or... Did you call rotor River the, you know, pipes I thing? I
2: more to come of it because there was such loving detail. I know.
0: There. But that's Pemberton.
2: Exploration of the blockage.
0: Yeah, yeah Pemberton writes mm-hmm. detail. But then me. you also
1: have stuff like the seaweed coming through a ventilator shaft. Yeah. So it's like, is it in the pipeline or I'm is it in the ventilator? Where the hell is it not that. at? Yeah. It's yeah. everywhere. This, and so this is why I'm like, yeah. is, it, is it, it's not one monster. It's like multiple things and yeah. it has appendages that go off yeah. and... Uh, move files on a desk yeah. Yeah. Like,
0: <laughs> what
1: and know what that file is about right yeah and so in some ways it doesn't <laughs> yeah. it's like what is what why is it doing and then you have oak and quill that are like mm. great yeah. great on the page as characters but it's like where do they fit into this like I never did understand <laughs> that
2: but I was okay with it were they why taken are they over doing... before
1: and they yeah, were like, why are they, they were the first ones taken over yeah. and so are they has it been just, like, hanging out here? and Apparently it has.
2: Having a smoke? Yeah. yeah like,
0: apparently yeah. it has. Well, you know, yeah, it's blowing gas, that's the for sure. Monster. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, I see what you did there. <laughs> 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 Worked very hard for that one. <laughs> mean, and you succeeded. Um, yeah, they are there, but then we don't see them after everybody else returns to normal. Because if you see Oak and Quill on, on screen, it's like, these people aren't normal. This mm. is like this weird double act that's very much like. Um, Can I got that
2: on the page as well. That there's yeah. yeah. something up with them. They yeah. are not normal. That there's something. It's Twiddledee and Twiddledum.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: It, it's Neil Gaiman's Neverwhere. It's those two yeah. characters. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember the name of the two characters, but they're brothers, but they have different surnames. Oh my God, how could I forget that? But I'm sure Neil Gaiman had these two in mind when he wrote Neverwhere yeah. because yeah. he's a huge Doctor Who fan. But yeah, they they are menacing. They are terrifying. Are there, their own
1: are there any other people at the refinery dressed in white like them? No. Yeah, so it's like, what was their position that they were the only two out of everyone there? That What? They we just don't
0: we, fit. We don't see them again afterwards after everybody turns to normal we only hear about the flying dutchman being all all right in fact he never appears on screen again because that would have meant rehiring the actor Mm. which is part of the problem and i think you said this about our book last time that if you it's one thing to have these limitations when you have the limits of a production budget Mm -hmm. if you don't have it then why still keep within those limitations yeah yeah, we could have seen them afterwards. We could have seen Van Leuchten, Van Leuchten, Van that's his name, mm-hmm. uh, at the dinner at the very end. That dinner scene, I love that dinner scene. We rarely get scenes like that in Doctor Who, and they yeah. only happen when someone's about to fucking leave. Yeah. We're not going to see a scene like that again it's until well, the Green They're not allowed to
2: eat before, they, before yep. their final story, So they get no. really hungry. <laughs> they do. I hate to leave. But I'm really, really having the hunger pangs right now. Well, we do. The have only this, way to get a dinner around
0: here. We do have the second doctor later saying that one meal a day is perfectly sufficient. It's like you poor people in the TARDIS. I've been on mm. a road
2: trip like that.
0: And I think of Graham and the the new series and saying, "Well, wait, are we going to eat? No, no time, Graham." It's like, oh, blah, 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 blah. but but we're time traveling and
2: I need food. But, I'm old. It's engineer horror specifically, um, it, this is something I've been kind of toying with mentally for the last couple of years, is that okay. there is a fundamental difference between engineering and the sciences that have to do with observation. Oh. And I mean, software engineering, simple engineering, different kinds of engineering that are basically it's categorized in the sciences but it's fundamentally a mindset about designing and maintaining a system Mm -hmm. and um, oh goodness who's going to google my name in here but sorry so most of the major um, air quotes public educators in quote in the creation science industrial complex who boast of their science degrees most of them are either have degrees in science education or they are engineers. Ah, okay. And it makes perfect sense that they are attracted to a story of an individual consciousness who designs and creates a universe. Oh. And the problem with the universe is it's fallen, it has a bug or a malfunction, and it needs repair. hmm and most people, most of the, the, the people who have chosen a career in the in that particular, in the creation, quote, science, in quote, uh, industry don't come from a background of biology or geology or astronomy where you're observing the system that's there and trying to figure out how it behaves. Oh, that
0: makes perfect sense.
2: So I w- the reason I wasn't more annoyed by the repetitiveness of we have to locate the blockage in this sort of... You know, plumbing porn. <laughs> we have it here. I thought it'd be like the writer <laughs> done an apprenticeship at some point in an oil refinery Maybe. or the plumber, and was trying to you know bring all that knowledge to bear. Mm-hmm. The reason it worked for me is that they're obviously not going to figure it out using the usual diagnostics and explanations. No. They're going to figure out something of what's wrong with the system. But as they try to understand the cause. It's fundamentally from outside the design system, and it does not behave in the way a design um, system behaves. Which
0: is exactly why Robson acts the way he does, because he only knows those systems and right. only knows how to handle problems when those systems
2: fall apart. So the fact that it's it's in the, the ventilation system, it's in the pipe, it's in the it's in, it's in some people, what it's on yeah. the beach, what in the world going a heartbeat? on here? No. Yeah, it's yeah. like this is not a thing that happens. Of course, they reject that because it doesn't make sense as a design. system. So Interesting. So I thought that's what worked as unsettling horror here, even though there's very little horror in a a sort of a violence. There is body horror. When you have people experience being overtaken and sort of hallucinating um, by the weed monster. I think that's fundamentally what worked for me uh, with the atmospherics, that the engineers don't have the right kinds of, it's not that they don't have the right kind of, just they don't have the right kind of diagnostic tools. Mm -hmm they don't have the mindset to figure out this kind of problem. Which but the, the doctor, doctor does. Yes, yes
0: exactly. Uh, yeah, and as far as body horror goes, you're absolutely right. The biggest bit of body horror is when we see Robson taken over by the mm-hmm. weed entirely, which is so adorable when you see the telesnap of it. It's just him standing in a room full of uh, bubbles. <laughs> there's nothing really terrifying about it at all, but you're absolutely right that that seems to be. it's more like a... Um...
2: Well, maybe there's not a teleological explanation. Maybe it doesn't want anything. Yeah, It's not a monster that's designed in the way that the Yeti was a designed that's monster. And true. it's not a monster that mm-hmm. behaves in the classic... Jurassic Park way of, well, it just wants to eat. Yeah. What, it, what it wants to do. Like, it seems to be operating sort of out of desire, but not these sort of basic eat, make, fight sort of desires yeah. in a way that's immediately obvious. Maybe it will become obvious. I'm
0: wondering if it's been kind of corrupted by its interaction with humans. Hmm that humans have that need to expand and conquer and take over. And especially if you're um, the head of a gas refinery, you're wanting to expand... Your sure. operation. Mm-hmm. So the first thing that they run into when they encounter a humanoid mind is this idea of we've got to expand hmm. operations.
2: Ah, that's interesting. interesting yeah. yeah,
0: especially if they—I I hate to say it—if they'd gotten mm-hmm. hold of Megan Jones, yes, they probably would have said, "Oh, Exxon, that's the sort of people we want to be. We want to take over everything." Exxon. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I think that might be it. Interesting. Mm. Except we've also done a bit more of. Plotting for this book than Pemberton probably did, but yeah, it's kind of the fun of it. You look like you've had an interesting idea.
1: Well, no, I'm just yeah, I'm just thinking it's like it's a critique on capitalism, but. It could be. But you have to really extrapolate Well, Well,
2: there's several times when they say, oh, we can't shut down operations just because the entire sea is going to be destroyed and everything's going to blow up. Yes. Think of the overhead. <laughs> we can't <laughs> exactly. do anything about global
1: warming, climate change. That would cost yes. too much. Well,
2: something like, oh, mm-hmm. you know. These loggers will lose two months' pay if the spotted owl isn't wiped out. I mean, yes. it's, they're very short-sighted calculations. True,
0: and you get that also with the character Perkins, who doesn't have as much to do on screen. Um, her toady, the one that Pemberton seems to have a lot of fun making fun of. Like uh, Pemberton did his best to look intelligent. It was a difficult task. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yes. There are a lot yes. of good one-liners like that. Yeah. yeah.
0: It's, and that seems to be, yeah, I think it might indeed be a critique of that, especially when you get to the end of chapter nine and you get that weird line by the doctor. When he sees the seaweed coming out of the pipe, he says, the battle of the giants. Yeah. And it is singularly the strangest thing to come out of Trouton's mouth ever. And when you hear it on the audio, we're like, wait a minute, the doctor just said that. What the fuck is he talking about? He's like, oh, it's the seaweed nature versus the technology.
1: Mm-hmm. I guess. I guess. Maybe
0: that's
2: it. I'm googling now. Speaking of one-liners. Red Brick University to find out the exact nature of this insult, although I inferred it was just not a top-tier school. Red
0: Brick University? Red Brick
2: University is a term originally used to refer to six civic universities found in the major industrial cities of Great Britain in the 19th century. Oh, wow. The term is now used more broadly to refer to British universities founded in the late 19th and early 20th centuries in major cities.
0: That's right. Robson keeps saying that uh, Harris is from a Red Brick University. Yes,
2: yes. Which I took with some kind of class insult of yeah. you didn't go to an like, ancient school. Have you been BF's. listening
0: have you been reading those long haired books? Yeah, that had that kind <laughs> of
2: out, out there feel to I it. I thought it indicated he was working class and he hadn't gone he had he didn't have like an Oxbridge education.
0: You have to you have to give him props though. Even when you get things like in chapter eleven. I I quoted this extensively because it's one of my favorite paragraphs ever in the Doctor Who book. And in the midst of that foam was a sight that would chill the blood of even the strongest of mortals. The figure of a man was standing there, half demented, his neck and his hands sprouting frond like weed formations. And out of the foam that had almost completely engulfed him, the curling tentacles of the giant weed creature were snaking around his lifeless body.
1: Mm-hmm. And it's like,
0: whoa. Yes.
1: Jesus. Creepy as hell.
0: Yes. And it doesn't match what's on screen in the least. Yeah. We're going to get that in. And yeah. One of my favorite novelizations from the 80s, in fact, has this um, mining machine that's built out of human dead human parts Ugh. they couldn't do it on the screen of course it's oh. just a just a machine but, but brutal, um, too. yeah but on the screen it's like
2: <gasps>
0: I'll page rather you're like <gasps> and I was like oh my god I've got to see this episode and I saw the episode and I was like really that's yeah. what you gave us BBC budget again oh thanks yeah <laughs> But it's when you don't have the budget limitations. That's Pemberton actually looking at that and saying... you
2: think that they could slap some seaweed on a guy and have him stand in the surf. Like, that wouldn't be too expensive. No.
0: But it... Like you said, that scene of Maggie walking into the sea, which is a a pop Pop It's an episode cliffhanger. Yeah. And you're like, holy shit, she just... Did she just drown herself? Or is she going somewhere? And you find out later, yes, she did. Mm -hmm. Oh. Which is even creepier. Mm -hmm. It's like... Oh God, and she doesn't remember any of it. Ooh. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, and and too, like it taking people from the gas refinery to the rig, so it's like, is it yes. like Ben was it Ben Luchens? Yeah. Like Did it just take him through the pipeline? Yeah.
0: They did. I thought Maggie was gonna be somehow the uh the focus the locus of the whole thing and then it turned yeah. out to be Robson.
2: She is for it. Yeah, it does seem that way for more than
0: the first half of the story. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then that turns turns out not to be the case, which really kind of upset me a bit. It's kind of his way of strengthening the female characters, and then doing that whole thing of the chairman, the chairwoman suddenly becomes Megan, but she only becomes Megan when she's beat expressing care towards robson yeah but then as soon as she's back to being you know authoritative yeah it's the chairwoman again it's like oh
2: oh oh just needs to be tamed yeah
0: i guess so Mm. honestly though um anything else we can think of let me
1: just look through here again.
0: <laughs> I kind of hated the fact that the print version gave us a Scooby-Doo laugh. Finish that. Um. Yeah. May, Maggie has a question. Um. And everyone laughs about it in chapter twelve, and it's like, oh god, I could see that ending of a Scooby-Doo story. <laughs> but let's talk about Victoria's send-off. Is it? What do we think of it?
2: I thought it was adequately seated within this story and makes sense within the context of this story. I think it seems, it, it creates the sleight of hand of referring back to a build-up that didn't really happen. Okay. That she doesn't seem, she's had like one or two close scenes with the doctor before, not any with Jamie that I can remember. Hmm. Um, well,
0: they're in the peril together often enough. Yeah. It feels that way.
2: Yeah. Um, but, it, but I mean that as praise of this story and critique of previous ones that it seems to refer back to an internally consistent characterization that didn't actually happen. Yeah. So I actually he that. makes something much more out of the sum. Makes a sum that's greater than the parts. There we go. Okay. I can um, see that. Out of this in a way that works for the send-off. Mm-hmm. It, the actual... What she chooses to do is kind of a letdown for the character. Yeah. Just, just could, do that. She has, previous to this, seemed like someone who would go off to, like I said, adventures or scientific study or something like that.
1: Mm-hmm. Which you could say happens later. Yeah. Ish. I mean, is she, is she, yeah, she could become an engineer or something like that. But,
2: but she's always been a very curious person previous yeah. to this.
1: Yeah, precisely. When yeah, I mean, it's just kind of, I don't know, it's just kind of fizzle.
0: You thought so? Yeah. Oh. I actually like the end of this book. I don't
1: hate it. It's just like, and then she stayed at the oil refinery or, or the gas refinery with these two people she just met.
2: Her she, the end.
1: And may end up being in swingership with her. Right. Her
2: choosing to leave and when she chooses to leave makes sense. Where she chooses to go is kind of a random. Yes. Plunker.
0: And that may have been very different if the story order had been reversed because if it had been a web of fear that she left in, for instance, that would have made a little more sense if she left, say, in twentieth century. well, it's still twentieth century Earth though. So I'm wondering who she would go with, Probably Professor Travers and not uh, Anne. Mm-hmm. That would make sense. Oh, God. Yeah. That would that, be kind of nice, that actually. That would make sense, yes. Because the professor played by her actual father yes. and his daughter take yeah. her in and she's with the scientific They go scientific on expeditions and yeah. curate collections. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that kind of has a nice roundness to it, whereas she's, you're right, she's stuck in the North Sea with this couple and that's going to get old really quick when they find out what a, a stick in the mud she is. <laughs> yeah the first time they uh invite invite her to play twister or something she'll be like how dare you
1: right doctor can we go somewhere that's not in turmoil yeah here you are on this gas refinery
0: yeah (laughs) you're in the
1: late 20th century enjoy (laughs) here you go in
0: the north sea you got what you wanted yeah it rarely blew up well it was her choice after
1: all no yeah and it 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 was it was good for her to have that decision be hers and hers alone and, and something she stuck by and and chose mm-hmm. to make happen, but true.
2: I guess you it could it does work as she's just, you know, seeing the doctor and Jamie be seemingly shot in the head at the beginning of the story. I guess it it does work to say I'm I'm stepping off here wherever here is. Oh, these people seem nice. This will work. I can mm-hmm. go other places from here. I guess yeah. it kind of works in that way. Exactly.
0: Yeah. So, what did we think of Victoria overall? Since we're not going to see her again for quite a while,
2: I like the idea of Victoria more than the usual execution.
1: Mm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like it's somebody, again, another companion that had potential and just was not used to it at all. Got it. And just kind of flat and really kind of uh, overall kind of one note.
0: Yeah, and literally one note because we think of her as the screamer. Yeah. And she ends up being the screamer. But that kind of works in the end. Like, it has a use here. It does have a use. (laughs) For one. It seems like that's her trait. And whenever people talk about companion screaming... It's Victoria they tend yeah. to point at. Because, yes, the next one will do her share yeah. of screening. And, in fact, hopefully we'll get to meet her at Chicago TARDIS. Because she's going to be there. <laughs> as will the actor playing Jamie. But it doesn't feel quite as common, if that makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel like every single damn story. Yeah. And when we get to Compan- Companions in the 70s, well... Oh, Poor Sarah Jane. But yeah.
1: <laughs> Maybe that's why it's the monster season. Victoria just screamed the whole damn time. <laughs> so. There
2: must be a monster around. Right. Like carrying yeah. on.
0: Well, there'll be a monster in the final story, too. It's just, yeah. Will we'll it really to... be a monster? Well, I'm going to leave that up to you it because. Be it's a
2: terrifying creature that wants to eat it's you. It's going to
0: be another one of those things that I have to edit the PDF so you don't see the cover and you don't see the back. You don't matter. have to. Just... I kind of do. Yeah. I want this to be a surprise. <laughs> Choose to punish us. I uh, know, not at all. <laughs> it, apart from mm. the fact that it's a tan Sticks novel, <laughs> um, that should be punishment. I enough. was gonna say no, no, no. no that's obviously okay. not. So, um, anything else we can think of?
2: It was. It was a bit more modern in that, even though she's not the star of the last story, she appears in, she's at least. The star of the last action scene, she yes. appears
0: in. She is so the focus. It is
2: more of a mo- it, it, it does a little more closely anticipate a modern send off of, yeah, of a character. It really like does.
0: That. It reminds me a lot of uh, Martha's send off in New Who. Yeah, um, yeah. I could see the leaving the TARDIS with her head held high. Yes, behind.
2: yes. I'm choosing that it's over. Yeah, now. it's
0: like I I don't want to go with you. I want to stay here where it's. Yeah, because I've seen all this death and destruction. And in Martha's case, that's literally true. She spent the entire year trying to destroy the Master's plans, and look, it's all fine, but she she's almost seen her family killed. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I think I've had enough, thank you. <laughs> over it. Yeah. Um, oh, doesn't the Doctor say, over her, <laughs> over her Jamie? Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's, but it's out of... it's out of context or something that's like well damn doctor i know you're annoyed at her wanting to leave but really
1: come on (laughs) over jamie um the the line where van luchens uh is talking about the creature and he says it's down there in the darkness in the pipeline
0: waiting that is the most famous line of the entire story Mm. It's a good line. Yeah, and line. it's a secondary character, for once. Yeah. Usually the you know the famous qu- quotes from any given story are from the doctor and company, but not that
1: time. Yeah, that whole scene where they go down into the shaft to go down to the pipe was it very effective. Yeah. Well, very effective.
2: They're supposed to be dealing with gas and oil, things that are not alive, things that are very well understood mm-hmm. we have, they have a lot of information about how gas will behave about how oxygen will behave about how faults in the pipes will behave exactly and they, they talk a lot more than the story needs them to but several times about hip be sea creatures in the pipes they're yeah. designed such a way that's impossible but living things are not what they deal with
0: no that's true that's true mm-hmm. speaking one last question on that. On that note, why do you think Pemberton decided to let everybody live? Because there's no real reason to have that. I mean, everybody could have died.
2: Yeah, the Dutchman would have yeah. gone.
0: Mm-hmm. We don't. Why see the let them again. live? Yeah. Why mm. let them live?
2: You're a brutal man that you would just kill them all. Apparently. Well, I, I
0: can't see a reason for not doing it. Yeah. I mean, really, it kind of takes away a little bit of the threat after the fact. That they've been mind controlled, but the weed isn't doing anything worse to them. So it's like, oh well, we but could have just they, let the weed take over.
2: But they don't know that. Yeah. But that's why I thought it worked as a, yeah. Some PG thirteen sort of old fashioned horror movie from that. Uh, that I'm thinking of. You can't the others. Sorry, well, the well, I can't. Everyone guess my yes. mind. But the others has almost no violence in it. True. It's almost entirely atmospherics and spookiness. Yes. yes. And it has to work harder for it because there's not a slasher scene.
0: Oh, i guess you're right. it's, it's all
2: it's all suspense. Yeah. Most of the actual violence is in the past, something like that. It's, it's actually a more impressive story, I think, a more impre- impressive creepy horror story because there's not any actual permanent violence. Hmm. It's all about the uncertainty. Okay. And the and the fear and the. The, the physical mutations that the people it's happening to don't understand. Okay.
0: Yeah. And the fact that we're not certain that it's ever going to return, which makes Victoria's decision to stay there even more incomprehensible because it's like the leak could come back any time, you know?
1: Yeah. You still don't know how it got in the pipeline. You still gonna don't have... know where it came yeah, from. Yeah.
0: And you're still going to have to scream your lungs out again. You just
1: know that you can scream and make it stop. Yes. So, mm. Which
0: I guess, I guess that gives her a sense of agency. I guess she knows, well, I will keep us safe. But, honestly.
1: Yeah. Uh, (sighs) Yeah, I don't... Why let everyone? Why let everyone live? I guess. <laughs> I guess no one died when. This is why like, you
2: weren't elected yesterday. Right. <laughs> well I People guess on your platform very hard. I guess if I guess if
1: Oak and Quill had been taken over by this thing forever, and it's been using them for God knows how long, yeah. then we kind of knew all along that no one was really going to be.
0: Mm. But we never saw what they Not looked like after they were released.
1: Because...
2: They could have acquiesced in a way that others do not acquiesce. Yes.
1: Maybe, but wasn't Robson also taken over and controlled and there we're well, he with, it, yeah But there are scenes of him like with the weed like on him yes. actively, you know. That's we true. don't we That's don't know. True. Mm-hmm. Too many questions. Yeah. Too many questions. It is. So it is. It's okay though.
0: Okay. <laughs> well, as we always do. Let's go to goodreads.com for online reviews of the book written by other readers, then follow up with their own ratings. By the way, if you're listening to this podcast and want to have your review featured when we get to an upcoming book, simply read the book. Write a post in our discussion group on Goodreads before the posted deadline so that we have a chance to see it before discussing the book ourselves. You may just have your review read on the air. Our good friend Tom Hodden actually commented on the book. He didn't write, he didn't give us a... um. Rating though, and I forgot to give you the rating. I'm sorry. The average rating for this story, and this surprises me, out of five stars is 3.72. They oh.
1: like it. They like it. They, they really like, like it. it.
0: They, yes. The other. This is those really people. the. This is very much the. Um,
2: the unwashed masses.
0: No, no. This is very <laughs> much the. How dare you? This is the Sally Field. This is yeah. the Sally Field of Doctor Who books. This is the Beneva yeah. of uh, Doctor Who books. Our good <laughs> friend Tom Hodden. Uh, said, not a novelization I greatly enjoyed. She didn't enjoyed. say
2: that about Beniva. No, she didn't.
0: <laughs> anyway, Tom <coughs> said, not a novelization I greatly enjoyed. Not a novelization I greatly enjoyed. There are good moments. The slow decline of a woman into the sickness and the hypnotic effects of the weed, which was really good, in fact. Mm-hmm. And some nice character moments, but a lot of the story is slow, dense, and colorless, sucking the joy out of a story that works struggles to work on the page. Okay. Um
2: Did not enjoy it much, did he?
0: No, he did not. (laughs) Viola, on our um, Goodreads uh, group, gave it five stars Mm. and said, I enjoyed reading this book. It's a solid novelization that fleshed out the characters and gave more background information on the story. I'm probably a bit biased because I love the Second Doctor's era, this TARDIS team, base under siege stories, and the fact that Target novelizations exist so I can read missing stories in book form. Well. That would do it. Mm -hmm. I really like Victoria, and I think her exit was handled well. It was nice to see that the doctor gave her time to think. Yes, that is, mm-hmm. didn't try to persuade her to stay and told Jamie to give her space so she was free to make a decision about her future. And isn't it kind of a killer that Jamie doesn't give her that space that he actually goes and tries to do it mm-hmm. anyway? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Victoria is an underappreciated companion. I'm not sure about that. <laughs> uh, I feel she's often forgotten about or gets dismissed because she isn't very brave. I happen to like her because she is scared, but still tries to cope with the situation as best she can. I wish she was given more to do in previous stories. That's true. Yes. And there was really no need for her to get kidnapped so many times, <laughs> but I don't think that makes her weak. It's an issue with the role the writers put her in. Yes. That's, that's absolutely for true. For sure. And finally, a user named Derelict Space Sheep wrote a 42-word review. Giving it three stars. Having opened on a well staged cliffhanger, Pemberton proceeds with a workmanlike retelling of this lost serial, contented more or less to prosify his own script. Off screen as on, his only feat of note is the puckish metatextualizing of Doctor Who's Screaming Companion.
2: Puckish metatextualizing. Don't you Doctor love that? That's, yes, that's a very lovely one.
0: When you have only 42 words, that's that's what you do with it. I do have to read, however, the first paragraph of Billy's uh, review, which was three stars. He, he's written a long review that's really worth going to the site and looking up. He says, Soap suds have never been so dangerous. <laughs> seriously though what is it with second doctor stories and foam one imagines the incoming producers of the Pertwee era dictated there would be absolutely no more foam and there's a reason Look, for we got that we've
2: a bulk sale we have to use all these soap bubbles
0: up. well they're gonna have their chance in the next season because there will be <laughs> another story that has it's not sea foam but it is bubbles it's tiny bubbles in the wine freshwater foam it makes me feel happy <laughs> makes me feel fine yeah. Anyway, so
1: panelists,
0: what did you give it out of five stars, Dalton?
1: <laughs> I don't know where I want to go with this. It gives it a
2: hoot and a snort. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, yeah. Uh, on, on one level, I, I enjoyed the writing. I liked a lot of the descriptions. Some of the character interactions and, and character development of of it is really good. But then parts of the plot are just like, we've already been here. Why are we doing this again? Victoria's (sighs) screaming, being kidnapped. eh. (sighs) (laughs) That sound you
0: heard was Dalton ravishing his beard with his fingers (laughs) and like, ah! (laughs)
1: Yeah, it... It's frustrating, because there's a lot of good stuff about it, but uh, there there's is. bad stuff that just makes me go, why? Why, why, why? Um, so, as a book, it is well-written, so I would probably say a four, hmm. four stars, but, yeah.
0: Why is it something lower? Yeah. Okay, yeah. I can see but,
1: that. But overall, it is an enjoyable book, uh, you know, it's really well done. As far as 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 all the things we've already talked about go, so so it,
0: a good read, but not a fun read. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it was very long, and it was it was it was arduous, but but I I did enjoy the book overall. Okay. So yeah, I would say four stars.
2: Okay, Allison. Arduous. Wow.
1: Um. I know and this is from. Dorian. I usually read the books in one sitting. This one I had to read. Yeah. There's in no way to read two that. parts. There's no way to
0: read this in one. Even segment. other,
1: bu- we've done a couple other bumper volumes, right? Even yeah, those, I months usually months. can do like a three or four hour reading and get through it. This one, I had to read in two parts.
2: Mm. I'm gonna follow up Dalton's scathing four star review with <laughs> uh, a two point five star rave. Um... <laughs> um <laughs> Not a complete rave. I actually enjoyed this one more than I had enjoyed any of them in several books. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I would like to have a go at it and take out about twenty-five percent, most of which would just be kind of redundant exposition about pipe blockages. Yes. And then the occasional sort of misogynistic barb. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> that really actually work against the some nice characterizations mm-hmm. um, that the author provides in other places. So uh, m- much more positive than negative overall. And I thought that to keep going back and forth between the same few kinds of scenes and mm-hmm. the same motifs, I, 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 for over 200 pages, which is you know, nearly twice the length of, of most of the others that we've read, I thought the writer actually did build it to effectively construct momentum of uncertainty mm-hmm. and horror mm-hmm. this yeah. way. So instead to find it ordu- ar- arduous, I-, I felt more their frustration and fear of what is going on. Mm-hmm. Our explanations are not working. It's not behaving in the way that we expected. And I thought mm-hmm. that it was a bit... I-, I-, I thought it felt a little bit more lived in than most of these do because True. of the repetitiveness. Okay. Perhaps you get the, your but feelings of sort of... Not despair and futility, exactly, but... Mm. But of exhausting. You know, you are, are, are you know, thing of yelling at the screen during a movie saying, why don't you just do this really obvious thing to fix your problem? Why don't you sell your haunted houses? Um, <laughs> <laughs> they actually do all of those things and it still doesn't work in a way. Yeah, I, exactly. I, I thought the links worked for it.
0: Have you seen the market values of Amityville? <laughs> mm.
2: uh, fun fact you are required to disclose all sorts of things about the house, a house that you are selling, but not. Whether or not there have been reports of it being haunted. Yeah, of course, exactly. Don't buy a house for me. Yeah, I only have haunted ones to sell. Never will.
0: (laughs) Um, three (laughs) point (laughs)
2: five. No explanation. No, (laughs) I'll I'll explain it because I have to. My
0: my students would never let me get away with that. It is, as you said, well written. Both of you have said it is well yeah, written. It's well written. It the 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 thing that sticks to my craw, proverbial craw, is that it's not much better a story than the macro terror or any other base under siege story. Well,
2: what, what? It's not better than the choose your own adventure I'm with? not I didn't what?
0: say that. Yes. I said Macro Terror. Oh, okay. Oh, not my I was God. like, What, the, what World. What have you gone over to the GOP I all of a sudden? Don't even You're know twisting you. my words around. Yes.
2: Yes. Oh no. my God! Fake you, news. You fake understand news. my my, Sad. my shock and horror. Oh my <laughs> God.
0: Ugh. Sorry. We'll you thrown to the ACLU with uh, given the chance? All right. This is what I was trying to say. <laughs> is that it's still a base under siege story what? and I'm fucking tired of base under siege stories yes. and we're going to be getting a few more of them no. before Aren't we're done.
2: Are all the bases gone yet? No. Are they all destroyed? No. No, this all is gonna your be bases a long... are belong to yes. us. <laughs> not yet, apparently. Apparently, it's must kill make going. them belong.
0: So as usual, I'm not getting through my review, but 3.5 out of 5 is where I am. So there. <laughs> Thank you, guys. (laughs) Thank you, You, fellow time travelers. (laughs) I know, and I don't know why I keep doing that to myself. (laughs) Um, Actually, before I go into my last rant, um, just to let people know about Chicago TARDIS coming up, um, as of this recording date, which is November 7th, um, I am scheduled to be the moderator of the 11 a.m. Friday panel called Targeted. Doctor Who novelizations, and I am on the panel for at four. Is it four o'clock? No. Hang on a sec. I got it wrong. 2 p.m. 2 p.m. Called Doctor Who Podcasts. So if you would like to come and see me, but not come to our room party, I will actually be on those two panels on Friday.
2: If you wish to stalk him discreetly, but not let him know that you're watching his every move.
0: Which is not the way I stalk people, so I don't know why you should...
1: I mean, they already have all of his contact information. (laughs) I know,
0: that's the scariest part. I mean, every once in a while, someone will come up on Growler and say, Oh, yeah, (laughs) the guy from Facebook. It's like, no, no. Anyway, but we will be doing our party Friday night, probably 7 p.m., unless you tell us that you'd prefer it to be later... And we'll be recording the episode live. We will have giveaways. We will have drink. We will have something. We'll have something together. Well, thank you guys. Mm -hmm. And thank you fellow time travelers for giving us your valuable time. Next time, and I just said this, we'll be going to Chicago Targets to do a live recording and host a room party Friday night where you can actually meet us, well, two of us, and possibly even win some free shit. Our book for that night will be The Wheel in Space, which will finish off our fifth season of this podcast because it finishes off the poorly named monster season. In the meantime, if you liked what you've heard here, like some of <laughs> your big words from men man who like not believe in monsters. Like us on Facebook. And Dr. target Book Club Podcast. All one word with those faces. Don't Where is something your monster I normally do. Now? You can also visit our nearly pristine subreddit at reddit.com. Oh, Reddit.
1: that, was, that wasn't a verb.
0: Oh, well, thank God for that. Uh, feel free to watch videos <laughs> of our first 12 episodes. Give us, give us a thumbs up at youtube.com forward slash user forward slash Emperor Dalek forward slash videos I am still doing Emperor Dalek's commutes in which I bitch at the camera while stuck in traffic on I-55 we are at episode 12 now so please do watch us follow us on Twitter we're at dwtargetbc that's where we'll probably announce exactly where the room party will be and subscribe to us via the podcast or provider of your choice if all else fails you email us at dwtargetbc at gmail.com Thank you very much for listening and enjoy your travels. Bye-bye.
1: Bye. Bye.
2: There are monsters this season. I guess that,
1: that right. was just like <laughs> a, a weird like throat noise. It wasn't a burp, though. I thought it was like a, a, a growl. I thought
2: you were doing a monster noise. <laughs> I thought you were showing it, it, you've been the real monster all this time. I I, that was a burp. I have
1: been. No, no burp. Sorry. I thought that was a burp. That's even no, more I'm a lady. That, that's even more <laughs> sexy. <sexier than. No.
2: laughs> wow. It was just a vocal.
1: Like I said,
0: Friday night, hotel room. But you uh, sort know, of. No, no, no. After the party, oh. <laughs> we'll, we'll kick everybody out. Mm. That's the only way to do it. Okay. <laughs>